It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hey, how's it going? Welcome to episode number 482 of Locked On Raptors for Sunday, March 24th, Monday, March 25th, whenever you're listening to it. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at WoodleySean. Find the show at Lockdown Raptors, where you can find links to every single episode. And, of course, make sure you're checking out the Lockdown Podcast Network, team-focused shows for all 30 NBA teams. We've got Lockdown Fantasy Basketball. We've got Lockdown NBA Daily with a bunch of different hosts chipping in there. We've got so much for you to check out on the Lockdown Podcast Network. And make sure you're finding it on whatever podcast app or platform you use, uh, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, and now Himalaya, a brand new podcast app that we have a partnership with with the Lockdown Podcast Network. Fantastic for curating your own playlists and kind of just like personalizing your podcast experience in a way you haven't been able to do before. So make sure you download Himalaya and listen to the podcast over there. And uh, yeah, that that's I'll stop playing for your for your you know your I don't know stop I lost my train of thought. I don't know what I was saying. <laughs> I'll stop ple- pleading for vindication and, uh, and validation, and that's the word I was looking for, and uh, we'll move on to today's podcast. I'm joined uh, by, I'm guessing, a pretty rattled as I am, Jay Rosales, after the Raptors lost 115-114 to the Hornets. Jay, how's it going, man? Hey, it's going well. I'm actually, I'm doing a little bit better than, uh, than I thought. You know, I, you know after, after a game like this, um, with an insane ending like that, I imagine that you get as many messages and texts about how crazy an ending it is and whatever and there's this one guy who always comments and asks me what the hell what the hell happened and <laughs> i've been saying to this for him for like the last month relax so in the regular season top of the playoffs and blah blah but i gotta admit i think you you would probably agree if there was a way to if there was a, a way to lose a game especially with at least from a raptor standpoint how low the stakes were for us that was a pretty cool way to lose Hell yeah! This is a cool-ass loss, man! I don't care, of course. If people haven't seen the game yet, I'm sure you'll get out from under your rock soon, but uh, Jeremy Lamb hit a, like, I don't know, more than half-court heave at the end of regulation to uh, take the lead for the Hornets and win the game at the buzzer. It was absolutely fucking bananas. Like, I just, I... I, the, it, the last shot I've seen like that in a Raps game was Kyle Lowry in game one against yeah. the Heat a few years back, and that yeah. ended up in a loss and only sent it to overtime. This was for the win for the Hornets, who were like pretty close to being out of the playoff picture and are fighting for their lives, and they're staying in it with that with that heave by Jeremy Lamb. It was insane, and the way it all happened, you know, the Raptors in this game started off really well. The first quarter was beautiful. They had some uh, really great flow to their offense. Marcus Gasol, everyone was freaking out on Friday because he only took one shot. People, It was a weird thing for people to fixate on, but they did. Uh, he had himself a really nice game. He had 17 points. He started off really well uh, offensively, hit a three or two, and then... 
Uh, Pascal Siakam was doing his thing. Kawhi Leonard doing his thing. And, and I thought the offense looked really good. And then it kind of stagnated a little bit, and the bench units were not particularly strong. Uh, Serge Ibaka, you know, still not the most... He's not the driver of, like, positive play when he's out there at this point. Same with Jeremy Lin, same with OG. OG was particularly weak in this one. Uh, Patrick Makatsu, like, these guys were not particularly good off the bench. And it kind of caused the Raptors to bleed it away a little bit. Fourth quarter comes around. They're down, I believe, 10 going into the fourth. And I think it goes up to 17 at one point. And the Raptors make a really fantastic comeback, kind of all on the back of Pascal Siakam. I mean, like, Kawhi had a really great fourth quarter offensively, and he had some amazing plays late in the game. But Siakam, in the fourth, was just, like, everywhere. He was playing small ball center. He was, like, just, like, tearing it up. I think he must have made, a, like, an outstanding defensive play against, like, four or five different Hornets over the course of, like, six minutes. It was absurd watching him on the defensive end in this one. And then he had a couple leak outs, and he had a, a three earlier on in the game. Like, he was 23 points with seven boards and five assists. Like, he was fantastic again offensively, too. Uh, Jay, you did not quite get to, get to catch the whole game. I think you've caught the condensed version by this point, but... Uh, any takeaways from this one uh, on top of just like the diarrhea of the mouth that I dispute out there? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that uh, there there are uh, you know still quite a few positives that you can take out of this game from a Raptors standpoint. I mean, Charlotte did need 18 three-pointers in order to, especially that last one, uh, in order to pull out this, this victory. The comeback was obviously uh, great for not only our confidence, but just to see the kind of flight that we've got. Um, if there's uh, one thing that I really liked, it was uh, that closing lineup. Um, Siakam at center is something that I've been wanting to see all season. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think when the season first started and when we had started to all kind of uh, picture what an ideal lineup would look like for the Raptors, for me it was having Siakam at center. And at, at the time, you know, at the beginning of the season, it would, it would have been OG instead of Fred Van Vliet. Mm-hmm. But uh, seeing that lineup out there just gave me goosebumps. And, uh, you know, outside of that amazing, you know, impossible shot at the end, it would have worked, right? I mm-hmm. mean, the Danny Green blocked from behind on Lamb. And, uh, you know, the uh, mind you, that, that final offensive play for the, for the Raptors wasn't that fantastic. But still, there were some promising signs from that. And, um, yeah, I mean, if that's what's going to take to beat the Raptors, uh, you know, then, then bring it on because I'm – I'm full on ready for the to see what we've got for the playoffs and and again, give me more Siakam at center in those closing uh, seconds. Yeah, the, the Siakam at center minutes have been really good. There have been a few games where that's uh, been something they've gone to. I think a Boston game maybe earlier this year. Uh, there's a few other ones. The, the New Orleans game where they did it and they got burned by Etwan Moore and Drew Holiday hitting 30 footers on their heads. That was the, like the first time they tried it out and it was not. You know, the best results, and they had some struggles rebounding in that game. But, you know, for the most part, they've been really good with Siakam at center. Like, I, I don't know the exact numbers in front of me right now, but I would imagine the net rating is extremely, extremely high with, with Pascal playing center. And it just allows them to do so much on defense. And Siakam, like, just switching everywhere, right? Like, that's the kind of defense that you're going to see, I think, in a lot of playoff series, too, right? Like, they haven't done a ton of switching this season the way, say, like the, the Houston Rockets kind of do all the time. Uh, or at least they did all the time last season, but they have it in their bag to do it. And, you know, they're kind of hurt a little bit, I guess, in that regard, because OG's been a little bit hit and miss. He had a couple pretty boneheaded plays today. Um, So without him, it gets a little bit more difficult to have those, like, huge across-the-board arms lineups. But 
The one they had out there today was with Fred Van Vliet, Norm Powell, uh, Danny Green, Kawhi, and, and, and Siakam. And then they put in Lowry for uh, Powell later on in the game, and that was still really good too. And it was all just like it was really, really nice and effective. And uh, I, I agree. There should be more Pascal Center going forward, and hopefully – you know, this was a game, we haven't touched on it because the game, the finish was so nuts, but this was the first time all season, or at least yes. since the trade, where they've had everyone on the roster available. Love it. And it's, I wasn't shocked that we saw some, maybe some weird rotation stuff and Nick Nurse kind of experimenting a little bit and trying some weird stuff out because, like, he's got all of his toys now, man. He can, get to, he can just kind of, like, use whatever he wants. And because these games mean nothing, I'm not going to get or read too much into these little, you know, weird forays into strange, you know, four-man bench lineups and stuff like that. Like, I think... He's trying to see what he has. He's trying to figure out who's going to figure into those last couple spots in the rotation come playoff time because there's very much a competition between, I would say, four guys right now and OG, Powell, Lynn, and McCaw. I would bet only two of those guys, maybe even just one, ends up playing a lot in the playoffs. So, like, this is a time when these games matter very, very little uh, for, for the Raps to kind of test some shit out. And I thought Nurse did a good job doing that tonight. Uh, anything else from this game before we move on? Uh, yeah, it's just uh, to that point about having a, a full roster. I remember when I wrote about uh, this game uh, for my weekly wrap-up uh, article. You know, I write those things on Sunday nights, and it goes out on Monday morning. So trying to predict what's going to happen for a game that's six days away is kind of tough. Uh, I remember predicting that, like, you know, we're, we're probably going to see a full lineup for the OKC home-and-home, home, and then for sure we're probably going to have Kawhi on some sort of load management game for, for Sunday against the Hornets. So... Um, welcome surprise, you know, that not only Lowry was, was able to come back from his ankle injury, um, but that Kawhi is playing more, right? Mm-hmm. This, for me, it screamed load management game. So it was good to see him, and, and the effect of uh, the full roster there really uh, showed in the game. I mean, if we look at Kemba Walker, 3 for 17, mm-hmm. that's that's a great way to shut down their, their superstar player. And even in those last couple of seconds, um, I believe uh, the Hornets had the ball with 4.3 seconds, and the Raptors still had a foul to give, and you could see that there was a, a couple screens about to be set to get the ball to Kemba, and it, it never got to him. Mm-hmm. And then on that final play, when when Siakam poked the ball away from Lamb, um, it was uh, it was Kawhi who was switched on to Kemba. So yeah, it was it was really promising that you know Kemba, Kemba never touched the ball in those final seconds, and that's really the best you can hope for. Um, so yeah, promising signs in terms of having the full roster. I, yeah, I'm sure Raptors fans are going to love the fact that. You know, Kawhi is kind of playing a few more games now, and that we mm-hmm. finally have a full roster. So, yeah, really promising to see, and uh, I can't wait to see how this uh, leads into the playoffs. This was Kawhi's first time playing three games in five days since, like, early January. So uh, they've done a very good job of limiting it. And, you know, Kawhi talked on Friday after the Thunder game, uh, long after we ended up recording the podcast, but he talked about how, you know, he was pretty happy with how the road management had gone and why they were doing it and how the games are, you know, the games missed is not just about resting, it's about ensuring there's no injury, and he seemed pretty on board with it all. And I guess we can use that to segue into the actual meat of this podcast, which I thought was going to take up more time of it because I figured the game against the Hornets would not have a crazy-ass finish, but lo and behold, it did. Um, But let's get into it now. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, 
Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. The uh, Kawhi Leonard is staying bracket is a thing Jay and I have been working on at uh, Raptors HQ for the last uh, week or so. We have uh, many posts to still write. I imagine I'll be spending a lot of tomorrow writing my my my, my part of the Sweet 16. Um, if people aren't familiar, please go to RaptorsHQ.com and read it. But I, I, because of the content of the piece and the nice reception it's gotten, and because it seems like since we started it, there are even more little nuggets that should be in the bracket that aren't going to be in there that lead me to believe Kawhi might be leaning, leaning towards staying. Uh, I figured, why not have Jay on? And we kind of just talk about like the experience of sort of living on every little bit of information uh, when it comes to Kawhi, it's been a very strange season because I've been trying so, so hard to stay in the moment and enjoy what's going on, but it's really hard not to sort of get carried away. You listen to any national podcast and everything is just talking about July. They don't even care about the basketball right now. Um, you, you know, it's just, it's so important to the future of the team that they keep Kawhi around. It changes everything. And like, I think we can talk about this if you want. Like I, I've made my peace with the, th- the thought that he might leave and the way Pascal Siakam has played, like I- I'm okay if Kawhi's not here anymore. Cause I feel like there's at least like a bit of a secession plan, even if it's not the same sort of elite championship contention, uh, sort of type of team that's around after Kawhi's gone. I can still make my peace with whatever the next phase is because the last six years have been so damn good and this year was so all in. But it has been a very, very strange season trying to sort of stay in the moment. Uh, have you found that too, Jay? Or are you like constantly looking at July and like trying to put all the pieces together to make it, you know, to tell yourself that Kawhi's staying so you can sleep at night? Like, what's been your experience with it? Uh, I think that uh, this whole experience of Kawhi is staying is. is it's actually made the season more enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I find that I'm not actually thinking about July too much. It's it's if, for example, Kawhi had a two-year contract and we weren't thinking about July and all we were thinking about was the season. Sure, I would I would still enjoy it, but the fact that there is this you know very high risk that he's going to leave, you kind of are forced to enjoy every little thing he says and does mm-hmm. and every little reaction he has to any simple play and yeah i would say i would say that yeah it absolutely is making this season more enjoyable um you know if, if he had come out and said i am absolutely not going to resign with the raptors which he never actually has said then it, every single game would just be uh, a ticking time bomb towards an, an eventuality right so mm-hmm. uh yeah i i I've thoroughly enjoyed this. I remember when I first thought about uh, putting this together, it was just going to be like a paragraph or two in my wrap-up call-up. <laughs> like, hold on a second. Like, everyone's talking about brackets now. Now is the time when you try to see brackets about, like, you know, best fast food restaurant or favorite coffee or whatever. Why don't we do one on Kauai's thing? Mm-hmm. I mean, I know you have been, like, the 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 expert in terms of uh, highlighting uh, all of the little news tidbits about him staying. <laughs> I've been collecting my own, and I was like, you know what? I, I got to reach out to you. We, we got to do this together, and uh, I love how it's been going so far. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun, and yeah, this whole like experience not only has it made me enjoy all of it, and I think we're gonna look back. Whatever happens, like we're gonna look back at the whole like exercise and trying to read what Kawhi's doing, and it's gonna be something I think we look back on pretty fondly, um, and. and you know, it's also doing it has like totally improved my 
my mindset. And like I, going in, I was like, eh, Kawhi's probably going to leave. Like 60-40, he's going to leave. To me being like fully sure and certain that he's going to stay now. It's that it's kind of poisoned my brain doing it over the last week. Kind of like all of the bits that are like kind of encouraging put into one big pile. It's It's been really, really good. Uh, I, I also like... The point you made about how he never said anything, and he hasn't said anything about it at all, right? Like, he's been so chill about it, and it's so wild to me that in, like, eight months, it's gone from Kyrie staying in Boston and KD is going to go for the long haul in Golden State and Kawhi is definitely leaving Toronto to Kawhi being the guy we're hearing the least about in terms of his intentions. And, like, the whole thing with... Kyrie and the Celtics and KD, like those guys, feel like their 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 departures are preordained, and it's very very bizarre. Like it's it just I couldn't have expected it to happen that way, and I think it's made the Kawhi experience that much more enjoyable, right? Because you don't have the constant like fretting and worrying over what they're going to say, you know, the next day in practice or whatever. Like because you just kind of know Kawhi is going to be chill and not say anything, and in that way, he's like a very easy superstar to root for, as opposed to. You know some of these other guys who are a little bit more, you know, trade requesty or a little bit more out- outspoken with just sort of the. I don't want to say they're like laying their plans out for bear, but the, like I don't know. It feels like they sometimes kind of are, and Kawhi has not done that, and so I guess like the mystery of it has made it a lot more exciting because if you're a Celtics fan or in particular a Warriors fan, like I can't imagine getting excited about the thought of them staying because like it just feels like it's already going to set you up for heartbreak because it feels like they're they're, they're just definitely going to be gone. Yeah, and it's funny because like the way, the way in which you said that is per- makes perfect sense because. The, the whole, if you look at the opposite of the Kauai thing, that let's say there's a Kauai is leaving ship, what facts are there other mm-hmm. than Chris Haynes? People, yeah, <laughs> Chris Haynes, he's going and, and, uh, and even when, when the news came out about him, him buying that house, which was two and a half hours out of Staples Center, I mean, mm-hmm. that is that's not really news, right? So the, the, the Kauai staying bandwagon has, is just filled with facts. And it's funny because when we were putting this together, uh, I think the first thing I said to you was something along the lines of like, yeah, I'm sure we can string together like 16 facts. <laughs> and then as I started like looking through my timeline, you started compiling yours too. I think we, you know, if we, if we had a little bit more time, we probably could have got up to 64. But, um, yeah. you know, 32 is, is quite a lot. And even that was just like, just narrowing it down to 32 was, was, was fun all on its own. So, yeah, I, and there's one thing I actually wanted to ask you about. Is yeah. that throughout this process, you know, we've, we've been getting all kinds of uh, comments about, about the article. And to your point, it has been well-received. But the one that gets on my nerves is, I don't know if we're going to get on my nerves, but, like, there are some who are saying it's a joke. Like, they're like, oh, it's, I understand this is a joke article, but it's a really <laughs> good read, and it's fun, whatever. And... I kind of take that personally because I'm like, I'm not joking. Like, <laughs> I actually believe this, right? I think he is actually going to stay. Like, I didn't just write this because I wanted to just get some laughs out of you. Like, I, I don't know if you feel the same way, but like when I heard that, I was like, oh, I really feel that way, actually. Yeah, I like I've been cautiously optimistic all year. I, I've been a lot of the stuff I've done, like the he's staying jokes that I like continually flow out of the timeline. Like a lot of those have been. You know, with tongue-in-cheek, for sure, because it's so hard because we don't know anything about Kawhi, right? So it is hard to, like, feel confident in anything because we don't really know what he's thinking. But, um, like like I said, like I said, like, over the last week and a half, going through all the little bits of information, like, it has very much improved my 
outlook on it. And I do kind of think he's staying now, man. And honestly, I think the thing that really got me, and maybe we sound like ranting, raving lunatics to people who are tuning in who aren't Raptors fans, but um, the thing that really sort of changed my opinion was after we did the bracket, actually, Brian Windhorst on his podcast last week, he... You know, Brian Windhorst knows stuff, and he likes to make a point of that saying that he knows stuff and won't report stuff. Um, but like, <laughs> he there was a conversation with him and Tim McMahon last week on their podcast, and McMahon kind of made the illusion like, "Oh yeah, Kawhi is definitely going to the Clippers," and just the way Brian Windhorst went, uh, I don't know, uh, Kawhi seems to be doing okay, and uh, it's gone as about as well as they ever possibly could have hoped for in Toronto. Like, when Windhorse has that sort of reservation, because he's usually very steadfast when it comes to, like, oh, yeah, LeBron's going to the Lakers or whatever, or, you know, Kyrie's going to the, to the Knicks or, or KD's going to the Knicks, whatever it is. Like, he usually... I feel like he knows stuff. And maybe this is me looking way too into a 10-second clip on a podcast, but it is... Like, I think right now, if we had done the bracket starting this week... That would be like the number one thing for me in one of the brackets, in one of the regions for sure. Because it just, the when Windhorse says it, I kind of, my ears perk up a little bit because that dude knows stuff. Yeah. And, and you even kind of alluded to this earlier in terms of, of, of Hayden saying that, yeah, he's definitely going to LA. There, there's a lot more credibility when, it, when Windhorse's <laughs> name is attached to it, right? And I think the other, what I would add to that too is that uh, since we have started this bracket, that's not the only item I would add to the bracket, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, just this week alone, with what, what with what Paul George had uh, said to Kawhi, or I guess didn't say to Kawhi, or whatever their secret conversation was about. I mean, I definitely would have added that to the bracket. I mean, there are a little yeah. Things I'm hesitant about now. that one. I'm kind of hesitant. I don't know. I don't know what to read oh, really? that one. Yeah, I would have like. It, I think it would have lost in the first round for me at least. I don't. It's oh, not. Okay. It's not. It's not concrete enough because we don't know actually know what the conversation was. Okay, okay. So, yeah, that, that's not, like, one seed worthy, but maybe no. it's bracket worthy. Yeah, probably, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that's, and that's the other thing is that, like, I think it's, it's this whole Kawhi staying thing. It's, like, it's becoming, like, a – I don't want to make it sound like it's, it's such a big thing, but for me, at least, it, it's, like, a phenomenon, right? It's, it's just snowballing now. Every little thing that's coming out now, it just we're just adding it to, to the Kawhi staying, like, checklist or whatever it is so yeah um yeah i, I love it i love how it's grown and yeah i, I we, we jokingly say this but it's like man we have enough to make like an nit bracket the nba playoffs are right around the corner and locked on nba is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama every monday jackson gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league helping to break down the nba playoffs Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yeah, there was the conversation you had with reporters on Friday about the load management stuff. There was today him wearing Jurassic Park themed uh, shoes. Give me that. Just shoot that shit right into my veins, man. Like... I, I know shoes are, you know, he's got a lot of different colorways and everything, but it's expensive to make shoes. It's expensive to design them. Like, New Balance has to be like, yeah, we can design Like, this isn't going to be something you wear three times. Like, 
I don't know. Maybe that's not how shoes work. I have nothing. I don't know shit at all about shoes, but feels like to me a pragmatic shoes person who has one pair of shoes that I wear. That uh, seems like an expensive investment to get new ones made. So that would be in the bracket for me as well, for sure. That's a second dinosaur shoe. Like he didn't have to go get a second dinosaur shoe. He had one already. So I don't know. It's uh, <laughs> it's. I like also how he has the well, Jurassic Park you... font, not Times New Roman. That's nice. It's good. I, I appreciate that. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I mean, you you were you were kind of saying this earlier in terms of like you're speaking about what's already in the bracket. Mm-hmm. If and we obviously can't add in the the Windhorse quote now, but like if you had to, I guess pick a favorite. Like mm-hmm. who's the? I can't even say who's the Duke of the the the, uh, <laughs> the bracket because they almost lost it. But like who's who's the favorite? <laughs> Who's the favorite for you? This is such a hard one. Uh, I've been trying to think about this coming into this podcast. Uh, I think it's Pascal Siakam being really good now is kind of where I'm landing so far. We'll see if it makes it to the bracket. I know it won its first round matchup, but um, like the entire landscape of the NBA is about stars teaming up with other stars and other good players to try to win titles. And... I'm not saying Pascal Siakam is yet there as like a dude who is sort of on that you know star you know plane or whatever, but he's getting damn close. He's been so insanely good lately, and it's getting kind of ridiculous that this guy who was like a bench dude last year, who was a very good bench dude, a very like enjoyable bench dude to watch, who averaged like seven points a game, is now putting up. 17 with uh, or, or so over the last what's he got here oh god come on NBA.com okay, work with me here please um, over the last like 15 games he's averaging like 27 and 5 <laughs> like he's amazing it's ridiculous a 27 and 4 sorry like it, it's it's absurd what he's doing and it's on like 62% true shooting like it doesn't feel like he's a superstar per se, but those are like star numbers. Those are those are star numbers. Like they're like undeniably star numbers. And I think Siakam being that good, like he's better than anyone on the Clippers right now. If the Clippers are the team that we're assuming it's either Clippers or Raptors, if the Clippers are the team they're up against, yes, they have another max spot, but there are a lot of freedoms out there this summer. And the odds that they can bring in someone as good as Pascal Siakam seem pretty slim to me. And so I just think for me, Siakam developing into this like monster. Like I, I think it would have been nice to play with Kyle Lowry another year if you're Kawhi, and then kind of figure it out after that. But like to have a guy who you know was like under team control for a long time, that I think kind of changes the calculus a little bit. If I'm if I'm making the decision of where I want to play, playing on the team that has Pascal Siakam as well seems like a pretty good gig. Um, but I don't know. What's your favorite right now? Oh man, I really like that one. Um, I don't know. It's it, I'm just taking a look at how this bracket might play out, <laughs> and it, it's it, it has a possible tough foe in the the final four against uh, who I I really like is the the uh, Lowry and and Kawhi best buds. Oh yeah, um, yeah. I think that one's gonna do really well. But if if I had to look on the other side of the bracket, I think the the surge one surge just. As an all-around amazing doing the Lord's work teammate, <laughs> I I don't know how that, especially like uh, I don't know how it loses because especially when the episode comes out, the How mm-hmm. Hungry Are yeah. You? Right? I mean, I I think you 
I think it was you that, that, that jokingly said, like, that should be released on July 1st. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I, I was howling because I'm like, that would be perfect. I mean, yeah. It's like, are you staying? And then it's just yes, and then the episode ends. And that's it. <laughs> Mic drop, you know? Like, that's it. Yeah. That's the entire episode. But that, that's the, the, the great part of that. Is, and now it has me thinking, right? Um, that with, with all this, 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 the entirety of this bracket, this, this whole experience combined with Serge's uh, teaser, I mean, wouldn't it be great if he just flat out said, I'm staying before we hit the playoffs, so kind of put the whole team at ease to kind of give them that extra boost going into the playoffs when they're already, you know, firing in all cylinders and in a great position to to make a real run at it. I mean, mm-hmm. you look at the Bucks having their third big injury of the week happening with uh, with Powell. Powell Gasol really isn't that big, but that's already a third big injury this week. Mm-hmm. Um, the Celtics, I mean, I think Irving has complained again about uh, something that Stevens did yesterday. So it, you know, everything is <laughs> the horde is just causing chaos, place. man. God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, it just it just I guess they. It just feels like things are all falling into place for the Raps right now. I think, I mean, if I had to pick any time of the year when they finally have their the full roster, and this is yeah, this only is the third time all season we've had this. Hey, give it to me on the seventy third or seventy fourth game of the season <laughs> and moving forward. So, like I said, I think everything's kind of falling into place, and Serge's well timed teaser is uh, is a favorite for me. So I, I think maybe that one's there. This is my favorite. Yeah, and also, look, man, I wrote about this in the piece. If you haven't read it, I'll just like kind of reiterate what I said there. That whole teaser of Ibaka asking Kawhi if he's staying, I don't think that gets published without Kawhi being like, yeah, that's cool. Like, it's obviously done to create buzz. It is done as a hype machine. And I just don't think Serge is dumb enough to be like, yeah, I'm just going to play it fast and loose with Kawhi's free agency and just post this thing even though he doesn't want me to. I like Kawhi is very much part of the bit, I think, at least, unless there's like very uh, eloquent and fantastic editing going on there. But eloquent, elegant that's the word I'm looking for. God damn, English is hard. Um, but uh, yeah, that, that's kind of where I'm at on that. Like, it's just, it feels the momentum. I, I agree, things are kind of falling into place. The team is looking pretty good right now, even though they've lost a couple here. They've had some very promising signs, I think, from each of those games. And uh, I am feeling better than I ever have. What would you say, based on? We'll wrap this up here. Like, based on where you were at the start of the season and your sort of optimism level to where you are now. Like, how much has it changed? Um, at the start of the season, it was already um, it was a little bit higher than other people's uh, thoughts were. I was probably already at fifty percent to start right. of the season. Um, but as the season's progressed, I'm probably in the like ninety percent range now. Probably mm-hmm. even more. Um, I think the only thing holding holding back a decision is how well we do in the playoffs, which is really the the all that we were waiting for all season, anyways. Mm-hmm. But it's good to know that everything else that could have gone well in terms of the whole load management thing, and I, I can basically list off all thirty two of the of the different things <laughs> they have in the bracket. But all thirty two of those items, plus the other you know thirty forty ones that even make the bracket, all have kind of put us in a spot where it's like really all that's left and I, this is a big ask but really all that's left is us to just perform well in the playoffs that doesn't necessarily mean we have to 
win the championship or even make the finals. I think that if we show enough there, I think at the very least he's got to at least consider it. And you know, it's it's been it's been amazing because I guess the reason why I was at fifty percent to start the season was um, if he wasn't on the team, he would you get you get an audition with the team right and that's the advantage that the Raptors would have over everyone it doesn't matter if he openly said and he never did openly say he wanted to go to LA but like even if he did want to you've got him under control for an entire season to just win him over and that's what the Raptors have been doing from all angles from the business side several different teammates doing their own part so yeah I mean uh, yeah I'm at 90% at least so oh baby oh baby Uh, I'm feeling pretty good too. I, the playoffs, I think, will ultimately kind of like it, it's a shame we can't do Raptors made the finals as one of the one seeds to go into the bracket because that would probably be the one seed uh, overall ahead of Serge Ibaka's existence. But um, yeah, I uh, I agree. I, I'm feeling pretty good. I was probably like slightly below 50 50 to start the year, but I was also like very cognizant that Masai is a person I want to be pitching me something like or to pitching pitching something to someone I want to accept what he's what he's selling right, right? like the dude's right. a pitch man the dude is just got a way of like making you believe in a lot of things like he's just like his his media day speech for me is one of the the dark horses in the tournament we'll see how it does up against the quote that says Toronto has great energy from Kawhi earlier on this season that'll be a big heavyweight matchup in the round of 16 of the bracket but uh yeah Masai's media day speech is uh and just sort of his ability to sort of sell what the Raptors are and sell being in Toronto. Like he said all along, right? Like someone's going to figure it out. Someone's going to realize this is the place that you want to be as a superstar. And maybe he's done it. Like maybe he's found that dude ahead of schedule. It's, uh, it's very exciting. It's very much enriched the fan experience this season, whether or not he stays or not. Like I've enjoyed following this and sort of living and dying with this all year long because it's uh it's 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 a very different season than I can ever remember rooting for but in its difference it has it, like it's made it fun like the way it's been so so vastly different from a lot of seasons especially when you consider that the last few seasons were so sort of similar in structure right where it's like hey positivity good 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 times good feelings hey maybe they can do it in the playoffs <laughs> done by lebron kills you um like, I kind of like that it's a little different this year, and the Kawhi thing has been a big part of that. Jay, thank you so much for joining the podcast, man. This was great. Do you have anything you would like to plug? Any parting shots? Uh, or, or do you just want to go to sleep? Because I want to go to sleep. Well, thanks for having me on. Um, <laughs> outside of, obviously, the upcoming rest of the bracket uh, that will be coming out later on for this week. Uh, I'm wrapping up uh, the wrap-up uh, for this week, and then I've got one final one next week, and that's it. Like, I've got no more wrap-ups to write, so huh. it's kind of a, a you know, a, a depressing feeling to know that that weekly article is done, but I'll I'll find something else to write during the playoffs. But yeah, we've got this bracket to look forward to. I can't wait. And uh, yeah, thanks for, for joining me along this ride. This has been uh, really fun so far. I can't wait to see how this kind of ends up. It's been extremely fun content to do, I gotta say. Um, as far as content goes, this is pretty pretty primo stuff. Um, yeah, please find the podcast, subscribe, rate, review, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, as well as Himalaya, the brand new podcast app that helps you curate your own playlists and personalize your podcast experience. Himalaya, make sure you download the app and listen to the podcast there and the entire Lockdown Podcast Network as well. 
Uh, I also have an article up at Raptors HQ right now. I wrote on Sunday about the Thunder loss on Friday. It's the latest what didn't suck. I kind of talked about how it was very playoffy that game. It had some playoff vibes, and I liked kind of what we saw with regards to that in that game Friday, so I wrote about that stuff. And then um, I'm not going to do a what didn't suck about the Hornets game because I just don't have time tomorrow, but uh, we will have, I don't know, the, the the bracket on Wednesday and Friday. There's a lot of stuff coming out. The playoffs are coming soon. The malaise is almost over. We're almost got to the point where it's cool and fun again, and the games are going to matter very soon. So thanks so much to everyone for tuning in, and we will talk to you next time on Locked On Raptors. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 